Big Fluff. I'm not going to stand here and bore you with the details of who probably killed who. The prosecution has done an excellent job at laying out the case against my client. I just want to say that wouldn't it be crazy if despite all that evidence you guys still came back with a not guilty verdict? Think about it. It'd be crazy. It'd be huge news. It'd be on all the news channels in the country. Everyone would want to get an interview with you. Everyone would be like, why'd you make that decision? You'd probably have to get your own press secretary. Objection. All right, Mr. Lawyerstein, I'm not going to allow you to sit here and bribe the jury. I'd like the jury to ignore all the defense's previous statements. As would I. Good. Good. It's a fair call. It's a fair judge. I'm glad we're playing that way. I'm proud to say that that was a test. And you all pass. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio, and he's Lars Periwinkle. So, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, money? Nothing much, man. I have uh, I have an exciting thing at the top that was just personally validating, but I want to. It was just like a really great moment uh, that I wanted to share. So, oh shit, yeah, I want to hear it. So, uh, Molly and I, you know, have been hermits in our apartment for about a year and a half now, for sure, obvious reasons, but. We're vaccinated, and Molly's uh, mom is in town and uh, staying with her cousin. And so we saw them. They are, they're all vaccinated. Everyone's vaccinated. Everyone had tests. I just want to say that. Uh, sure. Be, because, We're all being responsible. What's her cousin's name? And there were only four of us. Uh, Molly said, and there were only four of us. Uh, Rachel. Okay, right on. Yeah, it was the one. You, you've met her because uh, we got married at her house. But, right, uh, yep. but we went over there and uh, they invited us over to watch the movie Being There with Peter Sellers, which I had not seen. Okay, which is a good. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a good movie. Like, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, but we're sitting down, we're watching the movie, and immediately I'm looking at it, and I was like, "Look, not to be this guy, but do you have motion smoothing on your television?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was like, I, "I don't know," and I was like do you mind if I check? And she was like, sure. And then I took the remote and I turned off motion smoothing on that TV. And I feel like if I could go to every house in America, (laughs) Jesus Christ, and turn it like, because it is look. And so that's why I'm bringing it up. Now it's kind of a public service. If, if what I'm saying right now doesn't make sense to you, but also somewhere deep in your soul, like you recently bought a television and you're like, why does everything look like garbage? It's because the factory setting on your TV is motion smoothing and it's terrible. This is the, um, this is the feature on, um, televisions that make it, 
kind of help you see that it is a movie set and it looks too real. Yeah, it just uh, it's like it's hard to like accurately describe, but it's it's like the way that the government defined pornography. You know it when you see it. Like it's because and I think like specifically if I had to guess for in the movie being there, uh, which was Hal Ashby like directed it. There's like a little bit of like a shakiness to the camera. Like, you know, I don't know if they were doing like handheld stuff or but but like the thing is, if you have motion smoothing on, it goes like, well, that's incorrect. And so then it tries to make any kind of movements feel more fluid, but they feel less organic. And then everything. It's just I always notice it when the camera is moving. It doesn't move right. And honestly, the clearest example of if you're trying to visualize this, if you ever watched Peter Jackson's The Hobbit movies. That's what motion smoothing looks like. <laughs> like everything looks too clear and artificial and weird and it doesn't look cinematic. It looks I don't know. It, it just it, do, it doesn't look it's not right. Yeah. <laughs> it just ain't right. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it was within 5 seconds of hitting play that I was like, "Nope." I can, like I just can spot it. Like I have like a you know, and the, the nice thing, uh, which is nice, it's, it's still it makes it keeps me feeling young. Is that um, that then pointing this out, being like, well, I mean, here's the remote. I don't know how to change that. And then like, luckily, she had a Samsung TV, which is what I have. Uh, so I knew exactly how to change it because I did it on Ooh, mine. Fancy. Yeah. What Samsung? <laughs> Yeah, what do you have like uh um what's the one oh, god i can't even remember the one that's in all the hotel rooms that's like the um was it lg you got an lg yeah 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 i have an lg because <laughs> i'm uh i'm a man of the people yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's the right that's the the <laughs> did the um did the audience appreciate it when you changed it yeah what was very funny is like when we were trying to like explain what it was like Molly's mom was basically like wait it's not going to make the picture look all weird if you do the settings and I was like no that's what we're fi-. like when I described to her what we were, she was like oh I hate that so it was like <laughs> right on so it was like explaining like I'm turning off exactly what you're describing you know because it's it, and it really is just like the automatic settings on a factory Samsung television right right do this like yeah, they they so I just just check your TV and like I I have been known to secretly change it on family members TVs when they're not in the room too. Like I if I'm over <laughs> your house and I have Jeez. access to the remote, I will because like look, like I've never met anyone who's like, you know, I love it. I love motion smoothing and and if they do then they'll put it back on. But like you're probably not going to yeah, know because they, they probably know how to put it back on because they know what the fuck it is. Yeah, but I, I think most people don't know and they don't appreciate why everything they watch kind of looks like a like soap opera <laughs> being filmed. Right. There, there's a good description. It looks like a soap opera. Yeah, it does. So so that's my public service. Check your TVs. See if they, they got that motion smoothing on. I can't I can't believe you change settings on people's TV without them knowing. That seems such like a like a violation. Only like close family <laughs> members, like perhaps parents. They're not listening, but like I've definitely changed it on my parents' televisions. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's probably it's probably the right thing to do. They're never gonna- all of a sudden. They're like, oh man, this looks so much. Th- this looks 
better than when I remember it. Shit. What happened? That's what I mean. I want to leave people with a magical sense of just their life is a little bit better and they don't know why. And it's because their movies look like movies again. Right. Yeah, totally. So so that's if you're like if your parents are anything like my parents, then like you change it. And then they see it and they say, well, I didn't. I got this TV and I didn't like the picture, but all of a sudden the picture got better. So I like this TV now. Oh, I don't know what happened. It just it just got better. Oh, I think. oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like 100 percent. Like, no, I don't think my mom has never checked a setting on a television. I, I feel yeah. confident <laughs> saying that. that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know the power button. And I know how to find Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. I also, I mean, I got to do some wizardry yesterday because I also got to put on closed captioning for Molly's mom. So I I figured out how to do that. Like I was, I've never, I felt like an IT guy. Like I was just putting out fires left and right. Like I was. (laughs) (laughs) I hacked the mainframe. But yeah, being there is delightful. If, if people haven't seen it, it's still, it's still cutting in its satire to this day yeah politics <laughs> um man i don't know i don't know where to go now with our show i'm gonna be honest because oh. there's like there's a couple things floating around and none of them i'm not they're all they all kind of bum me out so i don't want to i don't want to get too in the weeds but like we got to talk about some some bummer stuff okay on this show yep you know what maybe a place to start because maybe this isn't a it's a bummer but it's not a bummer if that makes any sense which is okay. we talked about it briefly on our last show that the entire world collectively all all we wanted was LeVar Burton to host Jeopardy in these yes. dark and sad times and so they yep. uh picked some guy named Mike Richards and um which <laughs> I think I even made a joke on our last show that it was like you know, why he he goes by Mike and not Michael Richards because you know yeah because you know Michael Richards famously said terrible things into a microphone. Well, it turns out in the past two weeks that everyone found out that Mike Richards said terrible things into a microphone. Oh Jesus! I uh, didn't know that on his some podcast that he does. Which Jesus, don't do a podcast. It's terrible. Like it's gonna. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, he. He has now stepped down as the host of Jeopardy after I believe they said one filming day of having the job. He's not going to be the host anymore. And they haven't named who's going to be the host. But here's an idea. And it's one I just came up with myself. Uh Hear me out. It's crazy. What if they gave it to LeVar Burton? Whoa. I wish it was LeVar Burton. <laughs> I wish it was LeVar Burton. Yeah, just like I we all want it to be LeVar Burton. I don't I don't understand. Yeah, and it seems like LeVar Burton wants it to be LeVar Burton. Yep. He seems into the idea. If there's one thing we know about that man is that he likes to fill people's heads with knowledge. Yeah. He's super into that. And he's delightful. And here's the thing. He's been in the public spotlight for decades. You in no way have to worry about like, oh, we gave him the job and then discovered this thing about you. There's nothing. We discovered that he helped children read. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think the biggest knock against him is that he studied in the seminary for a couple of years and wanted to be a Catholic priest. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but I think that also helps because he decided uh, being a Catholic priest 
might not be awesome, so <laughs> I'm going to be in Star Trek. Everything works. Everything works about the man. Yeah. No, and he's, he's delightful. Give him the job. Or give it to someone else that isn't this dude that worked for your show, and then you had a whole pretend... You know, we're going to have all these guest hosts as if we're looking uh-huh. for a new host. But actually, we decided it was going to be the guy that like surprise. The guy who was the best at it is the guy who works for us already. It's weird how that <laughs> yeah. turned out. Yeah. Yeah. We um, we we figured it out. It's the guy who's um, we already have his direct deposit information. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's already filled out the paperwork, so. <laughs> he knows where all no. the the stuff is. Like we wouldn't have to show him around the office. <laughs> right. What a pain in the ass that is. Make it Lavar Burden. What a charming man, and also a fucking hunk. I don't know. Like every time I see the dude, he gets better looking as well. And you, you want to, you want people to be looking at someone every night. Make it Lavar Burden. I think I did. I say this on the show last time. If I did, forgive me. But I like to me. The benefit of having him as a Jeopardy host too is that like so if you go on Jeopardy. And you lose, like you do terribly. Well, you still got to meet LeVar Burton. So it's it's not a bad day. You know what I mean? You're not going to be like, too, well, you have negative $300 and you don't get to do the final Jeopardy, which is such a great own that they do. I love that they do that to people. Like, no. no, And not only, not only do you not get to do final Jeopardy, we don't want you here. Watching the other two do get out, get out of the building. Yeah, you can't stand at the podium and just make a guess, even though you have nothing to bet. Just no, go, just We're leave, done. leave here. You owe us, you owe us $200. You have negative two, you have to pay us that. It's a good fucking point, man. If they made them pay them back for the money, they love, oh, Jesus, that'd be, that'd be funny. So, so mean. But yeah, they keep... <laughs> but anyway, point being, like, even if that happened, it'd be LeVar Burton and you'd be like, well, I'm honored. I'm honored to be thrown out of this building by such a legend in the field. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of a bummer story, but I guess maybe has a happy ending. I mean, they haven't named the new host yet, so who knows what they mean? Yeah, well, it, it won't be um, this, you know, bland zero of a person. So who cares? You know, by the way, you want to know something surprising and I, you know, draw your own conclusion about that. You said bland zero of a person and then I thought of this. But do you know who I thought was a surprisingly good Jeopardy host and I didn't I wouldn't have guessed it? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Joe Buck. Oh, <laughs> Joe Buck. I was close. I was yeah. close. No, but I, I had that because I've never been a big fan of, of Joe Buck's uh, play by play. Uh, In either baseball or football. But he, I thought, was a very good Jeopardy host. I think that might actually be after after decades of working consistently and broadcasting. I really feel like he might have found his niche. (laughs) I just. Well, yeah, I guess in a job where, um, I don't know, in a job where you're, you're required to just have some semblance of a personality, you know, yeah. but you don't have to do much of anything else aside from have a personality like i never had a problem with his play-by-play as far as knowing what the hell is happening on the field no i always it just, was the rest of the stuff i always my thing with him is this like he always seemed a little sarcastic or like a little just like like because i don't know when you like to me what i think and i think it's a hard job i want to say that i think a lot of people aren't really good at doing uh play-by-play announcing i think the greatest announce like of any if you just open it up to anything i think the best at the job of like calling some kind of sport or sport adjacent thing is jim ross it was amazing jim ross is like sure. because 
he bah god like it's just you want to be excited i think if you think about like great calls in history you might think of al michael like do you believe in miracles like you want a guy that's just as excited as you a fan watching sports is going to feel and every time i watch joe buck and he always he does the world series like he would do the super bowl he gets these big games and this is like his approach to play by play always seemed to be like all right drops back to pass oh and he hauls in that one it's out of bounds and it's like what are you doing (laughs) yeah you really gotta catch those yeah or or like one of my favorite joe buck isms is like he'd be like all right he, he drops back he connects with the wide receiver. No flags. It's like, why? Like, why bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty, uh, pre- pretty standard pass there to, uh, to the tight end eight yards out. There wasn't, no one thought there was going to be a flag, Joe Buck. But it's also, it's just like, it feels like you're implying. So it'd be like, oh, well, but like he dropped back to pass and uh, he, he didn't wet himself. Uh, he didn't, he didn't pee his right. pants this time. <laughs> just, uh, just checking the field as they move up the uh, line of scrimmage there. And I don't see any poo poo pee pee or throw up. Oh, so I guess none of that happened this time. Looks like he ran the route without tripping, falling on his face and then crying. So there's that. <laughs> here comes. <laughs> uh, as we take a quick break here, I was just told that the man who completed that past um has no history of being a racist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good to hear and we'll be right back from a message from your local sponsor. Yeah, it turns out uh Aaron Rodgers uh didn't kick his puppy on the way out of the house today. Just wanted to give that update. <laughs> <laughs> Like it just it gives that implication of like, wait, what? What did I miss? Like, what? Like, seems yeah, like there's yeah, some you things just, that you're trying to allude to. It's such a hard job. You gotta fill so much airtime. I mean, that's what, what I said. What are you I, doing? Man, I I really do feel for people. And you know who I think is surprisingly good at his job, and not that he needs the validation because his whole life seems to be validation. But like, I do actually think that he's very good at his job, and and people don't really recognize it because of how good he is. Is Ryan Seacrest? I actually think Ryan Seacrest is really good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, he is good at what he does. I just think what he does is pretty inconsequential. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. But like, <laughs> but I think there's a skill to it. I think that's the thing is it's like people that like it's hard. It's hard to do any kind of commentary or like real real time interviews or anything like that. Like it's it's a very difficult thing to to be good at. And so I think Totally. People people have to like you. A hundred percent of the time while you're on screen. And then when you're not on screen, it's like they have to like not remember you. Right. You yeah. Know? You like have you to should, be. Yeah. You have you, to be. You're not. You're not the person. You're not the thing that they should remember. So, yes, be smart, be funny, be charming, be quick, um, be witty, <laughs> but not so much so that you're overshadowing everything else. You know, what's funny is I realized your description of someone who does sports uh, commentary was like the way that you would describe the top CIA operative of just like, mm-hmm. no, the man gets in there. He's charming. Like he, he's in complete control. And then when he walks out of that room, no one remembers him. Like that's, those yeah. are the skills you need to like be. Absolutely. In. They yeah. have to be able to like you and forget you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, but that's, yeah, that's, that, that was Jason Bourne's job. Like I think. 
Uh, or it was to do yeah. uh, karate while a shaky cam filmed him. Might have been Jason Bourne's <laughs> Karate. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing because I can't watch those scenes. Yeah, and we're from a generation where the catch-all for martial arts was karate. It was all karate. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you kick someone? Well, that's fucking karate then. That is my favorite thing about uh, Cobra Kai sort of like coming, you know, having this show now is the fact that it's still so tied to karate that that's like the Johnny, his entire worldview has to still be that karate solves all problems and is the coolest thing in the uh, world. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it is such an eighties idea. <laughs> oh, totally. Very, very eighties. Everyone wanted to do, everyone thought karate was that pose where you're in the air and you have your fists out and you're kicking something yeah. and flying through the air, that was karate. Yeah, for That's sure. All, everyone was working towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, man, this mixed martial arts came along and just, you know, nobody loves karate anymore. Yeah, no, you got it's Yeah, karate. Man, fucking karate. <laughs> you know what's wild to me, by the way, that I hadn't really thought about and, and just like, you want to talk about someone like really looming large over something. William Zapka, who plays Johnny in in Cobra sure. Kai, he's only really in the first Karate Kid movie, and then he's in the first five minutes of the second Karate Kid movie, and that's it. They made three of those okay. movies, and he's only really in one of them. Damn, I know, right? Doesn't it? He looms so large over those movies. He really does, because when you when you ask people like. Um, Name three characters in the Karate Kid movies. They say Mr. Miyagi, Danny LaRusso, and Johnny. Yeah. And Elizabeth Two of those Shue. people were in all three of them. And yeah. then I didn't realize that. I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, it was. So he's I, not even in the third one? He's not in Karate Kid Part 3? He's not in Part 3 at all. And in Part 2, he's only in the part that is actually because so, if you remember karate kid part two picks up exactly where right because i the thing was i listened to an interview with william zabka and he was talking about it he only ever filmed karate kid one and the right. footage that they use at the beginning of karate kid two is from karate kid one it just they never used it and isn't isn't it like they they beat him up in the parking lot or something yeah like it's that? that the guy uh crease his his mm. you know his miyagi is really angry that he lost. And so he like grabs him and manhandles him. And then Miyagi, I think like, doesn't he punch crease through a car window or something? I believe it, I just remember a car window. Something smashing. like that. I remember a lot of violence in a parking lot, but yeah, but that's really it. That's the only scene. It's, it's literally like the all Valley karate tournament has ended and everyone's in the parking lot and, and Miyagi like kind of intervenes to, right. to help Johnny, but that's it. He's not in the rest of that movie. Son of a gun. Yeah, it's really weird to think about. Because it's, a, I mean, you can see it in Cobra Kai, too, of like, we never questioned it of like, as soon as they, they made Cobra Kai and it's like, Johnny's the star. And it was, of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? He's it's Karate Kid. He's the guy. Yeah. You think it, when he, um, when he and Danny get together, he Danny would say, man, I went through a bunch of shit after you. I mean, that's what really defined me. I don't know. What was your name? Yeah. J Joey? Joey. Man, that, can I just say, that works for me every time in every context in movies and television. Like when, you know, Scarlet Witch looks at Thanos and says, you took everything from me. And then Thanos goes, I don't even know who you are. Like right. every time that, like Mad Men, 
when uh, Ben Feldman is like, you know, I feel sorry for you. And Don Draper's just like, I don't think about you at all. Every Do that every time. I will never tire of that move in, in media because I, it, it's funny to me every time. It's the, because it's the, it's the nice to meet you.com. It's the meanest thing you can say to someone who's really upset with you. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, nice to meet you, Doctor. <laughs> Why would he say that? And you know what? In Thanos's case, he actually didn't know who she was. Oh, because <laughs> I know from, because that's all the, the past. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, because that's all like time travel. But it works. It just works, right? You know, that was a big uh, that was a big plot point in um um uh, in the la- the last movie in the Coronetta series. The what now? Uh, and and end of the world. What now? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I... Um. Simon Pegg. Okay. Nick Frost. Oh. Oh. Those. Yeah. 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 The. Yeah. The world's end. The world's end. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I got those words mixed up, but that was a big plot point because, um, it, it was like that was a. Um, that was a one-two punch. There, I, I liked it a lot because he. Um, you know, these these older guys are going back to the town they grew up in to uh, go on this uh, bar hop um, and try to uh, – someone's trying to rekindle something and they all go on this thing. They've all moved on. But he sees a bully of his and uh, from from a long time ago and then that that bully comes up to him and asks him kind of a, an innocuous question. He says, you know, I – this guy occupies so much space in my in my brain and in my emotions, and I was nothing to him. He didn't even recognize me, and I knew who he was right away. And that's a really familiar feeling um, to a lot of people, but also it was a clue to what was going on in this town, which ended up being something you know ne- nefarious and um, and uh, um, otherworldly. Yeah, I suppose you would call it. I don't. Yeah, I call it that. <laughs> that movie, I do love it. Like that movie's underrated in that trilogy. Like I, I feel like it doesn't get the same attention that the other two do. But it, I, it's really good and really kind of mixes. I think up you're right. I think I think it's underrated because the other two in the trilogy, while all three of those movies are, this is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. While they're all very different from one another, the first two are while they have quite a bit of depth they're still pretty goofy and the world's end is not very goofy like no. it's, well, like no, it's, I mean, simon, it's fun and funny but pretty heavy and simon like, pegg's character and arc is pretty dark like overall yeah, yeah, like yeah. uh but no it is also sorry like one more of the you know i don't remember you thing because sure. you know possible uh, well, here's a little here's a little teaser. If you if you like me and you listen to both podcasts, I do. I I just watched Street Fighter. <laughs> that's that's for, one person. It's me. I'm literally talking about <laughs> <to> myself. <laughs> but uh, but I I just watched Street Fighter for you know I'm giving you a free preview because that episode hasn't dropped yet. But uh, we we discuss it on an upcoming Silver Linings playback. But that I think has one of the best ones, which is. Uh, the Raul Julia is playing M. Bison and uh, it's uh, Chung Lee is saying like, you know, you came to my town and you uh, destroyed the, you know, you, you ruined everything. And you killed my parents and like all this stuff. And then he's like, for you, 
the day that M. Bison came to your town was life-changing. For me, it was a Tuesday. And I'm like, that's pretty yeah. fucking great. Like that. Yeah, that is good. That is a really good line. Also, Raul Julia saying it, which is, you know, better than my <laughs> delivery of it. <laughs> the fact that he calls it a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's a great, yeah. It's a great line. I also rea- yeah. realized in doing that 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 movie had the same screenwriter as Die Hard. Fuck yeah, it did. That's why they are equally as good as each other. Yep, that's it. That's why they're the same. And you just remind me of um, Chun-Li, played by uh, Ming-Na Wen, who looks... Look, we say this about a lot of people. Ming-Na Wen looks the same. Yeah, oh, she 100. looks the same right now as she did in whatever, 93 or whatever the fuck. Oh, 100%. Because it was she was in um, The Mandalorian, right? Like, didn't she? She sure as hell was. Yeah, yeah. and she looks identical. Like, just... <laughs> Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because I was like, I knew there was something that I saw her in like in the past year. But yeah, The Mandalorian, she was, yeah, she was really great in that too. Like, yeah, she knows she's great in everything. She's yeah. just like, and, and uh, uh, yeah, and, you know, at a total babe alert. Um, <laughs> her but and she just like, Julia. Just like, I don't, whatever moisturizer she's using, give me a part of that. Because I'm just, I'm just now starting to, I, I'm about to be closer to the age that people have been guessing my ages for the past decade. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh man. All right. Well, Hey, the other thing I, I don't, I don't even know what to say about this, but I feel like the other big story this week that I feel like we should comment something on is the very baffling decision that the site only fans has announced <laughs> that they're banning <laughs> pornography. <laughs> uh, that was so perplexing to me that I looked into it way, way more than I thought I would because I've never been a part. Like I just, I get the jokes about it and understand why why people make those jokes, but I didn't really, I didn't really fully grasp what this site was or supposed to be in the beginning. Did you? I mean. What, what did I'm not sure what was tripping you up. Like I mean, it seems straightforward. Enough. Well, it I, was I, when I what, the reason why I read so much about it was because to me it it you know um, it read the same as um, uh, Pornhub is <laughs> dropping all content that that includes butts. I'm like, well, you can't you can't do that and exist. So well, what that, is your Oh, like I think it, I th- I thought I like I have a profound misunderstanding of what OnlyFans I, is if they're dropping pornographic content. No, I don't think that you do, or at least if you do, then I have the same profound misunderstanding because I, as far as I can tell, that is their content. Like I don't, <laughs> I this was the equivalent of McDonald's to stop selling fast food. I think is like, <laughs> right. No, straight up, and that's why I looked into it, and that's not what OnlyFans started out as, and it's not what OnlyFans does now like there's there's all kinds of people that can stream on OnlyFans. look that is the bread and butter i was gonna say i maybe like i i don't know what what talking points you're reading but i feel like how well that, that, that's the pers- thing it's that it's it's a it's technical right so this is um you can go on OnlyFans and you can um 
cook a family recipe and show people how to do that recipe step by step. Now, are you going to generate a lot of traffic? Probably not. But that is what this site can be used for. Um, as far as I can tell, the pornographic content they're talking about is things that are, let's say, iffy. They're iffy and explicit. I make it so, our audience can't see the scrunchy face that I make. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. You did, you, your face did get very scrunchy. You look like little face yeah. from. <laughs> I feel, Dick Tracy. So can I just what are, what are they paying you like wait, I didn't know that OnlyFans got to you <laughs> no, no look I am not I have never been I've never made or spent any money involving this I've never even actually been on the, the, the damn site I also I think you're confused I think you're confused because I think the baking one is only flans <laughs> only, only flans <laughs> yes <laughs> making savory desserts I st um, I stand by that joke it's <laughs> Jesus. Christ. No, but I mean, uh, so I saw people comparing this to Tumblr, which I think you can say is also Tumblr wasn't designed to have pornography on it, but certainly right, 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 right. what people used it for <laughs> was pornography. And then they banned it, and then nobody talks about Tumblr anymore. You know, it's <clears throat> what they're banning from OnlyFans is um, they don't. They don't want more than one person in the picture, right? Oh, but they're, I mean, they're banning everything. Like, as far as I, what I read, like, it's just, they're banning anything explicit, you know? Okay. Because what I read, it was, it pretty much read as, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading between the lines here. Because <laughs> I want people to, I want people to be able to do what they want to do, basically. So they were saying, like, if there's more than one person in the picture and they're doing sexually explicit things, we were banning that because we don't know the circumstances under which those two people are doing those things. If there's one person on the screen and they want to take their clothes off and people want to look at them, we, we know that that person, um, that person is okay with that because they're the only person there and they're showing their own body. So that's okay. That's, that's the way that I took what I read about it anyways. All right. What I took it as is um th there's a lot of what seems to be happening a lot these days is under the guise of like you know we're helping people and this is a lot of the fosta sesta stuff if you really look into it of like well this is good what we're doing we're trying to save people we're trying to stop sex trafficking we're trying to stop bad things from happening they use that to then deny sex workers the ability to make a living and right, because a lot right. of what they actually said is we we got rich selling pornography and now that we're rich our banker friends would like us to stop having pornography on our site so we're gonna all take our bags of money and put them in these banks and all of the people who made us all the money are going to be thrown off the site that's how i took it shit <laughs> so yeah like, because okay. this is just why. Well, yeah. You know what? I didn't follow the money on that one. Yeah. Well, no, they literally said that, that it's the bankers are because there's a lot. If you really look into I mean, this country is terrible to anyone who does any kind of sex work. But it's like this always happens of, you know, it's under the the idea of like we're, we're protecting people. There's this dangerous blah, blah, blah. But it's like you, 
you know, you freeze their accounts, you take their money away, you 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 don't allow them to access safe ways to collect payments, which actually the people that you say you're trying to protect, it makes it less safe for them because, you know, if you were someone who does this kind of stuff and you had a site, you had a platform, this is a source of revenue for you that was consistent that you could count on. Now they're taking it away from you and now you have to look for other ways to make up that money and then those ways might be less safe or less stable or it's just, it's always people always, and again, like people, I I highly suggest like this American life actually did a really fascinating thing about like FOSTA SESTA, but it's like a lot of this stuff is like, we try to help these people. You know, we were trying to stop sex trafficking. We're trying to help people. And it's like somehow their way of helping people just punishes sex workers and makes their jobs less safe. Like that seems to be always the end result. Fuck. Yeah, it's not good. But I do think that they will try to have like, because there's been a little bit of like mainstream celebrities or people like dipping their toes into OnlyFans and and receiving backlash from some of the people. But like, I think they will try to like go corporate and be like, I don't know, we'll have some name celebrity post, you know, bikini photos or like they'll try to sustain themselves through being mainstream and less you know overtly sexual and that'll only punish everyone who's not already wealthy and famous or making cakes i don't know you seem to think that the cake sector is doing well i mentioned it once i mentioned it once i just know that that's a part of it like they they straight up do that i mean it's, it's not unlike twitch in that, like, you can film yourself doing anything. It's just that, like... But it would be film, like if you, Twitch... You, you point a camera at anything for long enough, it becomes fucking... Yeah. Well, also, it would, <laughs> I mean, Twitch... It would be like if Twitch banned video games. Or you're not allowed to show video <laughs> games anymore. Right. Totally. totally. That's a, Twitch is another platform where you can cook things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Also, look at the history of everything. You know that, like, the second cameras were invented they were taking photos of naked people the second video camera like watch an old like 1900s like you know film strip of a naked woman like the second no totally yeah totally i mean they call it rule 34 not idea 34 <laughs> like it's a rule because it happens every goddamn time yeah but it's just yeah for it's better a very or for worse no it's a, it's a weird thing but it's yeah like i i've definitely the reaction i have seen is is people not happy with this and and it just feels like like, i don't know like we just we're so weird in this country we're so puritanical and like you know i don't know i don't like it yeah i mean that's the that's the i think that's the reason why only fans works is because you know it's because it is puritanical like you make it forbidden and then it becomes exciting and also there's no way to get it you know, it, like, it, I mean, I'm not going to go into a whole, there's a, there could be a sex worker industry where everyone's making money and being happy. Um, but, uh, definitely look, people want to look at boobs. Yeah. They want to look at boobs and butts and dicks and, and all kinds. They want to, they want to look at all that stuff and, and they're, they're going look to at that stuff. And they're, yes. they're going to, it's not, that's, this is not going to change that. You can shut down <laughs> OnlyFans and they, much like, again, Tumblr before it or whoever, like, it's not, you're not going to, there's not a magic day that everyone's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to see boobs anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But why are you talking about boobs so much? You should go to church. I went to church. I'm super into boobs though. Mm-hmm. 
I is there to... a boob church? Man, is there a boob? There's got to be a boob church. I think that might be Wicca. I don't know. Like... <laughs> you know what? It could be close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it, that's all silly to me. It is silly. That, that, that headline was definitely a grabber. Like this is... <clears throat> I, I don't get too I don't get too much into like forums or um you know I don't watch Twitch or anything like that and I you know as I've already said I've never done anything with OnlyFans but that that headline was a grabber. Yeah well I I definitely <laughs> had it like I think my head kind of cocked to the side like a dog and I was like I oh, yeah. is this the onion am I reading this wrong like I don't think yeah, it doesn't be. it's like um uh uh, Spike Lee, not really sure about black people anymore. <laughs> like, hold, hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I must have. I must have read that wrong. <laughs> I do you. Speaking of headlines that caused me to cock my head to the side, th- this feels a bit like a Mad Libs, but I really enjoyed this. I saw this. Larry David beefs with Alan Dershowitz in Martha <laughs> Vineyard grocery store. Apparently he's yelling at Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, in a Martha's Vineyard grocery store. Yeah. So, like, so you heard about this too? Like this? Yeah. I t- yeah. Uh, uh, Julia, uh, yeah. my wife, told me about this. Yeah. No, it really cracked me up because yeah. So this all came from like there was like a page. I'm reading from New York Magazine, but this is like a page six had a thing. But yeah, apparently they were at a store in Martha's Vineyard, and Larry David was trying to avoid Alan Dershowitz, and then Dershowitz said. <laughs> We can still talk, Larry. And Larry David said, no, no, we really can't. I saw you. I saw you with your arms around uh, Pompeo. It's disgusting. And Dershowitz said, he's my former student. I greet all of my former students that way. I can't greet former students. And Larry David said, it's disgusting. Your whole enclave. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. Uh, and then this is the part that I, the whole thing is hilarious to me, like to picture mm-hmm. all of this. But then... Added the stunned source, Larry walks away, Alan takes off his t-shirt to reveal another t-shirt underneath it that says, it's the Constitution, stupid. They don't, Larry David does not need to write that show. He just doesn't have to write it. It just happens to him. No, it happens is, to him, and then he puts it on the fucking screen. Right. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. That is beat for beat a plot of from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like I hope. Jesus Christ. In the same way that Alan Dershowitz apparently has a shirt that he wears that says "It's the Constitution," uh, I hope that Larry David just on his phone has the closing theme to Curb and just plays boom, it. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's such. That's so ridiculous. Also, like if, these t- if, these two old men. These two old rich guys yelling at each other at a grocery store. In Martha's Vineyard. I feel like it's in so, Martha's Vineyard. so important not to lose that part of the story. But also, I did, if you're curious, if anyone is curious, because I was like, why Why did he have the shirt? He's, he, Dershowitz later said that he, he wears that shirt because this happens to him a lot. <laughs> he, oh my God. And apparently his wife like made the shirt for him. But that also then raises the question, like I have more questions about the shirt. Uh, if Dershowitz, if you'd like to come on the show, I can't promise we won't yell at you like Larry David did. But uh, if I only want to ask you about the shirt, do you have yeah, just? I was like, yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about you to say anything to you, Alan Dershowitz. But I just want to know: Do you have more than one shirt that says it's the Constitution, stupid? Do you wear the <laughs> same one every day in case you have 
the confrontation. Oh, gross. That's like wearing the same underwear every day, Alan Dershowitz. That's but, gross. But like, wouldn't he have to? Or maybe he maybe he only goes into town. Like maybe maybe he's at his place in Martha's Vineyard and he only ventures in to pick up his essentials like once a week. And so once a week he wears the it's the Constitution stupid shirt. I also and Molly was the one who pointed this out to me because she also, like Julia, she was the one who told me the story, like shared mm-hmm. it with me. But her point too was this, which is just like I would never assume that I could talk to Larry David, even if I knew him for years. Like you just he just has a personality that you would never assume that you were on good terms with him or should bother him. Yeah, good terms or not, you just don't wanna you don't wanna say hello to him when he doesn't want you to. Yeah. I mean, it becomes a whole fucking thing. Well, he's the guy too that on the the other side politically, like talked about how happy he was to be uninvited from Obama's birthday party. Like what a relief yeah. it was to not have What to a relief. Go. I didn't have anything. What am I going to say? I don't know what to say. Why yeah. are they inviting me? I don't want to go. Don't <laughs> invite me. I have to go if you invite me. I don't want to go. <laughs> he's a, I Molly and I also watched a clip where he was talking to Conan O'Brien and Conan was saying like we should be friends and he was just like, "Why? Like what do we have to be friends about? Like I don't I don't need friends." I don't need friends. I got enough friends. <laughs> I do. I really do. Like I don't even. I don't even like my friends. Why would I have another friend? <laughs> I don't like them. Man, I do. I do love that man. Yeah, he's a card. <laughs> he really. It seems like he's constantly just having misunderstandings with people. <laughs> he's just being himself. He's got a good point. Yeah, he's a real misanthrope. I really think that that show. Um, that show could have run out of steam without the introduction of JB Smoove. Oh man. Cause the, the two of them playing off each other is, is something that it got legs, man. And it's, it's wild because I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like I, I always enjoy the show, but you can feel it. And it's like from the first episode that JB Smoove shows up in, he just injects energy into the show and like immediately, yeah, just gives it a whole new life, like just the two of them. Yeah, it's because JB's move has that rare gift that I truly love, which is like, I find him hilarious and I'm not even sure why. Like, it just yeah. everything he says just makes me laugh. Yes. Yeah, I, totally. Like, he's definitely got an interesting uh, perspective on the world. Yeah, he also um, just he he's one of those guys too. He's perfect for Kirby enthusiasm because I've heard other interviews with him and stuff. And it's he always has this ability that regardless of what you say to him, his reaction as it is as if he that's exactly what he expected you to say. Like he never yeah, seems you, confused. Exactly, he makes it very personal yeah. to you, not yeah. to him, but to you. So yeah. it's like you know someone. <clears throat> Um, someone comes up to him and says something racist. He's like, you know, why the fuck would you say that to me? Yeah. Like, this is this is a problem with you that you're not going to make this my problem. You need to look into yourself and decide why you're messed up. In fact, now that I've uh, looked at you long enough, I know what's messed up with you. Your problem was this happened to you and then this happened to you and that you need to get that shit straight and not put it on everyone else. And then he would probably make it about pussy at some point. Yeah, I gets mine. Larry. That's still like, that's- <laughs> he has, man, he has such, <laughs> he has such a, a great line that like, I've never, I've never had the occasion to use and I won't ever because i'm not him but um 
uh, a guy came over to Larry's house because he was pissed off because he thought that um, JB Smoove was um, having sex with his girlfriend. And Larry vehemently denied that and saying, you're not coming in here. I know he's not doing that. And then when he talks to JB later, he's like, um, he was like, uh, yeah, he was crazy. He wanted to kill you, man. He thought you were, uh, you th- he thought you were having sex with his girlfriend. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have been. Yeah, I've been. I've been kung fuing that ass for four months. <laughs> I've been kung fuing that ass. <laughs> no, you, he, he is great, and I also JB's move is one of the the few people that has a footprint in both the Marvel and DC universes in different ways. Like where he he is both one of the teachers at Peter Parker's school. Mm-hmm. Uh, him along with Martin Starr, which is such an odd pairing, and. Like, I I feel like their parts are underwritten, but I still really enjoy both of them because I just like both of yes. them. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he has that. And then he also plays a plant in the Harley Quinn animated <laughs> TV show. Look, this this list, this list of um, of actors who are in both the DC and the Marvel universe is. Is so long. It's lengthy to the point where I'm starting to think a lot of people looking for work out there. <laughs> There's a lot of people looking for work who are very talented, who could fill some of these roles. And y'all are really just dipping out of the same pool. Do you ever think, though, too, like, do you think there's some people who really regret the role that they took in the Marvel universe? Cause I almost feel because you didn't know, you didn't know it was going to go this long, but like, I kind of feel like it's now because it was what 2008 was the first one. Like the MCU is so large that like, there's a lot of people who really took these sort of like nothing roles that really aren't like Glenn close plays just the leader of the Nova core in the right, first Nova prime. Um, guardians of the galaxy which she doesn't really do anything you know but it's like now she's burned in the mcu essentially she can't play anything else like you you know what i mean do you think there are people that just like they signed on too early <laughs> you know and they like oh okay i guess uh, yeah i guess i don't understand the question you're asking all right is it that people signed on not knowing that they were going to be doing this for a really long time or people who signed on hoping to be a part of a franchise and then getting getting burned well i think i'm saying the former in terms of like well you're you're glenn close and someone offers you this part and it's like yeah okay i'll take but it's like you took the first part offered to you by marvel when in some ways to your point i almost think that if you rejected whatever was first offered to you at some point they're gonna be running low on yeah. pe- that you're like your chances of starring in an mcu movie like you know increase the longer you don't take a role in the mcu where they're like i don't know we gotta we gotta get camille nagiani buff because we need some more superheroes and we don't have anyone else that hasn't which no you know no offense to him but it's just like you know where it's like that's where we're at we're, we're getting comedians jacked so we can fill yeah, out totally there's already they're all already buff actors who would do that for you but you already used them they already like they they were <laughs> They play. Yeah, like, I don't look, and I'm like, I'm talking. If it sounds like I'm talking shit about these people, I'm not. It, like these are performers that I always really enjoy seeing on screen. But then, you know, I think it really, it 
uh, really hit home when I watched the uh, watched the Suicide Squad and all these familiar faces, faces that I love, these beautiful angel faces. But then I saw I saw what happened to them, and I'm like, that could have been fucking anybody. <laughs> it did, like you know, like someone someone needs a paycheck who is very very talented, and they could have played that role. You know, I think that was a little bit of like uh, James Gunn, like using some people that because I think that is specific to James Gunn being like, I worked with these people <laughs> in the MCU and then I'm going to bring them in to. I mean, and I, and I get that, but, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just thinking about the 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 community of artists in New York and Los Angeles who are like going to auditions all the fucking time getting shat on constantly. And it's like, Oh, you, Oh, did you just need someone to be in the first 15 minutes of your movie? I could totally do that. I have all this experience. I actually know that character. I could, I could do this for you. It'll be, Oh, Michael Rooker is a person you already know. Okay, sure. I guess he'll do it. Look, if you think James Gunn is going to make a movie and not put Michael Rooker in it, you you haven't been paying attention, my friend. Like, I don't I don't know what he's going to do. The ghost of Yondu oh is going to show up in Guardians 3. Or there's a flash. I get, I'm going to call it now. There's going to be a flashback in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 to Yondu because he will not film that whole movie without giving Michael Rooker work. No, you're right. You're right. And that's not a... Um that's not that. It's not such a hot hot take. You're probably right. You might as well just it's wish. Just, you might as well wish that Kevin Smith makes a movie without Jason Mewes popping up in it. Like someone else could play that part. Jason Mewes. <laughs> it's not. Well, the thing is, is like Jason Mewes isn't in anybody else's stuff. That's true. I'm talking about people who have a career outside of this universe. These universe, and that's what really was it. What it was for me. It isn't that like oh James Gunn you know, got a lot of familiar faces and a movie that he did. It's just the crossover between DC and Marvel who are, that's just granted DC is not one thing and it's kind of a mess, but like just DC and Marvel, those two things. And you see the amount of crossover people like motherfucker, like it, why is it all the same people? I love these people. I'm not disappointed to see them, but I I just start to think about the people that aren't getting work who are also really good at acting. Look, I'm with you. I don't know why David Harbour is in the first Suicide Squad movie as a guy in a business suit. I was also confused <laughs> by that. By the way, since we, I mean, you you mentioned it, and since we were talking about, what do you think of Suicide Squad, the new one? The oh, uh, you know, bunch of fun. Um, had a lot of laughs. I I had some I had some problems with it. No. Um but nothing nothing really major. It was it was fun. It was really great. I liked it. I liked watching it quite a bit. Nice. I really liked it too. I'm curious what your problems are. We don't have to get too deep into them, but I Yeah. Um man. Um I mean, besides Michael Rooker, who like you clearly, have, I had no beef oh, Jesus with Christ, and that's a frightening man. I have no problem with you, Michael Rooker. I like Michael Rooker a lot. I just start. It was because you tried to I've date his daughter things. at that mall, right? No, no, no. I I was very nice to him. I gave him chocolate covered pretzels. <laughs> 
Do you know that I did I ever tell you that I, I have a photo of me with Michael Rooker from a Comic Con that I went to and I, I'm sad to say, but to to help him out because you you don't think he should have a career apparently. God uh, damn it, that is not what I said. <laughs> the reason I got a photo Fuck. with him is because he didn't have a line. And he was just he was kind of there. <laughs> Get that's so lame. Yeah. Oh, I would have been so happy to see Michael Rooker. But yeah, it was um yeah. So, um, uh, you know what, man? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It was just, and you know what? I have to. I need to watch it again. Um, I keep meaning to. I really, I, I've watched it once, and I keep meaning to watch it again, and I haven't yet. I don't know if it was. We've been experiencing a lot of shitty weather weather in Baltimore in the evenings, and oh, it was either that or maybe the server was just piled on with people using HBO. But um, this is a movie that's an action movie that is also full of comedy and the lag was such that you know timing affects both those things greatly yeah <laughs> and then, so i need to watch it again straight through without without that stupid lag oh that's a bummer yeah no i enjoyed it I, honestly my only it's not even a knock but i think the only thing uh that i would say is that ron funches absolutely nailed the role of king shark and no offense uh-huh. to stallone but you know the the superior King Shark representation is still in the Harley Quinn cartoon. I would agree with that. And I th- and you know what I couldn't I had a hard time getting over was the fact that um that Bloodsport um is Deadshot in every way shape or form. So when I it did I'm have like, a why, little bit of why? that like I I mean it's funny because I, I mean, I liked it and I, I thought Idris Elba was really great and I, I thought it really worked, but it does have a, I had a bit of that vibe too of like, this feels like this was written for Will Smith and then he passed and then right. you just did a like find and replace of the character name. And the thing is, Will Smith doesn't own Deadshot. I, it seems that they um are well, what I read anyways, I don't know how substantial it is. That they didn't want to just make Idris Elba Deadshot because they might bring Deadshot in again later and they want to leave that open for Will Smith if he wants to reprise his role, which I think is all very lame. He had a shot. It didn't work. If you're going to put a character that's just when I say just like Deadshot, I mean, his uniform is the same. His mask is the same. He does the same thing. They use the same incentive to get him to do the mission, which is his daughter. It's the same fucking character. Yeah. But it, I, I guess I'll also say that there are like 12 of those characters in the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Because there's also, um, what is it? Deathstroke? Like. <laughs> De- Death- Slade Wilson was a mercenary. I don't think he. Well, I guess. Deadshot is also a mercenary, but I I never heard about Slade Wilson having a I don't know if he has a, kid. a daughter. Yeah, I don't know yeah, about don't the daughter know. part, but I just mean there's a lot of like these types because again, Deadpool is a parody of these types of characters. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just it was just glaring to me. No, I I do. I, I, I tried seen... really hard. Like I did get over it, but just when I think about, it, I'm like, why the fuck wasn't it? Because they already made a movie. Like you got. You got this guy Bloodsport standing next to Harley Quinn, played by the same person. Like, why isn't that just fucking Deadshot? I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it I would seems easier. Yeah, it's fine. It didn't bother me in the way that it bothered you, but I did. I, I like I said, I got that impression that it felt like 
you had already written the script and you were just like, I'm not rewriting this character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I did kind of feel that. Yeah. Yeah. It did. No, no, like overall it was great. Like it did. I, it didn't blow my mind, but I need to rewatch it. I, I enjoyed it very much. I think I just liked that. It was fun. I think that that like to me, because I, I, I think you and I have talked a lot on this show about Marvel versus DC and Marvel has the advantage of, I guess, quality control, you know, like there's a consistency to their movies and you kind of know that they're going to be good. But I think on the other end of that, it kind of, they can't take the same kind of swings. So I I think I just like that how much James Gunn took a swing and did something weird and very like, I think I liked how much it felt comic booky in a way that I think sometimes they're afraid to be where it was just like, and sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, I found it a little distracting, but like, he was even trying to do, you know, these sort of headings that felt like they would be the individual issues of a comic book, right, you know, right. and and stuff like, like, even the way the story was told was like, we're going to follow these characters for a while, which again, felt like one comic. And then we're going to jump to following these characters, which is would be like the next issue or something like it did kind of have that feeling of like, it's probably the most that replicated the feeling of reading a series of comics that were telling one overarching story for both better and worse. I felt like, but I don't think anyone else has really tried to do that outside of when Zack Snyder made Watchmen. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. It was, I think we look, you know, they're both fun. Of course, they're both fun. They're meant to be fun. They're comic book movies. But Marvel, I would say Marvel is more epic. And DC is, it's it's kind of falling it into its niche of like, we're just fun and goofy. Yeah. And we're going to be heavy sometimes. And we're going to be light sometimes. But overall, don't take it too seriously. It's not part of one big thing. We're just doing fun stuff. Yeah, I honestly, I think to me, my favorite thing is just using Starro as the villain instead of just doing like a typical, you know, I don't know. It's like, I guess it was still apocalyptic in a sense, but it's like instead of just doing a sky beam or like whatever, you know, kind of thing that everything does. It's like, I don't know. We're going to pick like one of the weird ones. Like one of the just, weird ones. And man, when, when Starro died, I was heartbroken. It's rough. Absolutely yeah. heartbroken. It's rough. Yeah. Jeez Louise. No, but it was, yeah, it's fun. Of, you know yeah. what? Speaking of heartbroken, I know we only got a couple minutes left in the show and um, I would be remiss. Like I, we, we don't, um, <laughs> I know we talk about people who have passed on this show, maybe a little too much, but it, it's people who are important to us. And these two, I really wanted to bring up um, because they're two uh, funny gentlemen that have brought a lot of joy to my life who I'm, I'm sad to say both, um, I I think we've lost them both prematurely. Um, One is a man named Sean, Sean Locke. He was a British comedian, a British standup and um, comedy writer who I uh, started to like many years ago because if there's one thing that's been documented on the show is that I like British panel shows. You do. And I watch all the British panel shows. Wait, is it Graham Norton? Is that a British panel show? Uh, I would say, I would say that's a chat show. Oh, okay. Right. A panel show is more like you get all the, all the funny people together and then you have, you have, um, an activity you have to do, <laughs> which is an excuse for them to be funny. Yeah. That's something we definitely have not, ever mastered in in this country and they do very very well 
Um, he was on eight out of 10 cats. He did eight out of 10 cats does countdown several QI appearances. Like I've just been, I see been watching this guy forever. He is, he is hilarious. He is grumpy. He's cantankerous. He's also very brilliant and very funny. If you want to check out his, um, his stuff, there are several super cuts of him being hilarious. Um, on YouTube is it's uh, Sean S E A N lock as in lock L O C K. If you want to check it out. Um, I really like this guy. We unfortunately lost. He had a long battle with cancer, unfortunately. Um, and he died this past week. Um, a lot of uh, loving uh, tributes to him uh, filmed as well. He was, I don't know. It sucks that he's gone. He's very, very funny. Yeah. The other one is Trevor Moore from The Whitest Kids You Know, um, which was a great, um, great sketch show um, that was on um, IFC back in the day. Looked like not all the Whitest Kids You Know sketches um, age well, but most of them do and they're really 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 funny and trevor moore was kind of the mastermind behind that whole thing um and you know he was a, a very very young guy, only a couple years older than me as a matter of fact and he died from all they're saying is a, a a tragic accident i don't i don't know that's not my business um but man was that guy funny and all yeah. the whitest kids you know stuff is on youtube i i know it's not all okay it was a. This was at a time when, like, the more offensive you could be, the better. But for the most part, it's all very innocuous and just really funny shit, man. Yeah, which I also I don't know if you remember this, but I discovered the whitest kids you know when you and I were roommates because you were the one. Oh, who really? showed them. Yeah, you showed me their YouTube stuff. Oh, like, did I? I okay, hadn't okay. seen it, <laughs> but I remember like watching them with you, but. Uh, if my recommendations, if people wanted to to find sketches with him in them that I thought were great, uh, my two favorite ones that I watched, uh, yeah, when I heard that he had passed away, are there's one where he's just giving like a, he's talking directly into the camera and he's explaining that you can't just say oh that you're going to kill the president. <laughs> he goes, I just want everyone to know there's a public service announcement <laughs> that it is illegal to say. I want to kill the president of the United <laughs> States. And then he did like the whole thing is like, I can say it because I'm explaining that it's illegal to say, it. <laughs> but it's like the whole thing just goes from there and it's really funny. And That's then good. my all time favorite sketch of his, that is probably my all time favorite whitest kids, you know, sketch is just the sketch with Abraham Lincoln in it where he's playing, oh, Christ almighty. <laughs> where he's playing John Hawks booth and it's just, Abraham Lincoln is just being an asshole. An asshole. He's in the he's in the balcony yelling constantly. And it's and just, final, and finally he's like, Mr. President, would you please be quiet? And Lincoln's like, Oh, you done fucked up now. You done fucked up now. And it's, you done fucked up now. And I mean the thing is it's a funny idea because and the guy playing Lincoln is so obnoxious, but the whole sketch really rests on Trevor's face. Because there's yeah. just these shots of him, like, just trying to be restrained of, like, I can't say anything because this is the president. And I also, I don't I don't think I realized until I just said this, that both of these revolve around assassinations of presidents. But Oh, Christ almighty. Uh, but that was apparently his, his, <laughs> his best, like, wheelhouse was. Uh, but, it worked, uh, man. An another good one is when, you know, um, he runs into an old friend. 
and that friend is carrying a gallon of PCP. <laughs> um, uh, another one is they play two two old British guys who one starts peeing on the other one's leg and one refuses to move and the other refuses to stop peeing. <laughs> um, like it's just it's re- like the all of the all of it is really funny and he was kind like. He, there were five castmates of that, but um, he was he was kind of the one who who put it all together. Um, he just man, that guy just really also just had this like spark as a pro. Like he just is the guy that like he's one of those dudes that just like is inherently charismatic. You know, like yes, he's indeed, just, yes, indeed. Great head of hair too. Oh guy. yeah, Jesus. yeah. But no, and and it was it, like that was the one. Like when he passed away, I like I just like all every comedian. I follow said nothing but like glowing things about him and shared, per- including Ron Funches, who voices King Shark. I saw say very oh, sweet things there about him. Uh, but yeah, he, he seemed like a very beloved guy. Uh, and yeah, th- those clips are definitely fun to revisit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just remembering them. Yeah. Why does kid, you know, it's they were, God damn it. They were funny. So remember, question everything. Shut up and get a lawyer or you done fucked up now. <laughs> you done fucked up now. Go on with the play. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, back it up. Back it up. <laughs> Ray, Ray, won't you stay? I never really care for when the skies are blue. I'd rather have you than snow today. Just stay. I never really care for when the skies were blue. I'd rather have you than snow today. Yeah. My turn signal blinks before I turn left to right. Almost in sync with my flashing engine light. It could be worse, I could be cursed. To steering old habits, rolling on stolen bikes To working with an organ with less than golden pipes To be headed nowhere with a head full of hopeful hype I'm not the man you settle for Who can only maintain a crush on the girl from the liquor store For rich or poor hitting the deck or jumping overboard We sadly volunteer to find that happy in between And I've been floating off the course and haven't seen the shore Ever since I cut the anchor and decided this is me So Spill, did you choose? Is this you? Beautiful and uptight, trying to keep grad school cool Paying off the debt behind the desk, slinging booze Waiting on someday up on a couch or in my car or the floor of someone else's house it could be worse i could be cursed sleeping on cardboard laughing at the clouds this tough love is crushed ain't the slightest side it's an invite to spray paint the town when you get off your job before you buckle underneath your hopes to keep them up find a black dress the night is looking mighty neil young meet me on the corner at the center of the city where tomorrow ain't a promise and it's only good as iffy we'll show the buildings and graffiti what they're missing and give them a little bit of the venom in good heavens since i like you hasn't been enough here's a full heart gold coin and a one up where i'm from going vulnerable is playing smart lights out let's give this thing a jump start Frozen just before 
of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. Sometimes, they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy, do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.